It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Time to turn our attention towards the second Ashes test at the Adelaide Oval starting on Thursday. The chief cricket correspondent for the Guardian newspaper is Ali Martin. He joins us right now from South Australia. G'day, Ali. Uh, good, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Um, was that you referencing in the Guardian article that the the Gabba should be referenced as the Gabatoire? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that, that's a nickname that's been sort of doing the rounds for a, a few years now, probably because of England's horrendous record there. Um, they tend to get uh, pretty much butchered when they turn up, and uh, and that's pretty much what happened you, from ball one in that first test. You referenced a meek collapse. Did you expect it to, that to happen when you went into this first test? Well, I mean, uh, the overnight partnership from David Milan and, and, and Joe Root had, um, had kind of, you know, set England up with a chance, only uh, only sort of half a chance, but they were about 50-odd 50, 50 runs behind with, with only two wickets down. But unfortunately, having followed England, uh, you know, for a good few years, and particularly this year, uh, when they've had a couple of similar scenarios against India at home at Lords and then at the Oval, um, it was a case of kind of expecting the inevitable, and the inevitable occurred. Um, yeah, it, 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 batting had become trickier, to be fair. The, the bounce had started to become a bit um, indifferent, and, uh, and Nathan Lyon was, was, was sort of twirling away at one end, hunting that 400th test wicket. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was sadly, from an English perspective, uh, a, a pretty limp collapse that followed. Are, are the selection decisions when it comes to the bowling obvious? They made the mistakes, not, not bringing Broad and Anderson in? Well, it's an interesting one because uh, you'd, you'd only have to look at the test match and say that they England lost it with the bat on that first day of you know being reduced to um, what was it 29 for three after after just a, a, few, a handful of overs um, and obviously losing Rory Burns first ball which which can only have sent shockwaves through the dressing room to be honest that is the absolute worst possible start yeah, for yeah. an opener's series and also for a team so I don't know I mean I, did they pick the right team I'd suggest probably not although my team would have been to have picked the extra seamer in, in Stuart Broad left out the spinner and bowled first in those conditions so uh, as it was they played the seamer they tried to sort of play uh, look look to later in the game but unfortunately if you, if you do get bowled for about 147 which is the maximum break you can get in snooker um, you are snookered uh, and and so it really it really it really doesn't matter what happens after that in terms of the bowling because um, unfortunately the batsmen uh, fluff their lines on day one when you follow when as a journalist when you are following following the ashes I mean do you become emotionally attached and involved in it at being an Englishman uh, <laughs> I guess I mean you I mean, you obviously try and keep your sort of professional hat on and um, oh, come on. try and do the job and do the job and, and call it dispassionately. But yeah, I won't lie that there was a bit of a sinking feeling when uh, when Mitchell Stark managed to laser that ball into Rory Burns's leg stump, and um, and from there it, it, it almost felt like a procession. But um, having said that, England did they did get yeah. themselves a couple of opportunities to get back in the match. Um, they just weren't quite good enough to do it, unfortunately. So as you head into the Adelaide Test, uh, do you want to see Broad and Edison in there? And and where does the batting support need to come? from? It's a good question. Uh, I, to be honest, I wouldn't expect the batting 
lineup to change. So really, I guess the hope there is that the uh, the initial game that they had, the initial test match they've had, no test match should be a warm up, but you'd hope that the batting lineup would be better for it. They had such a limited uh, preparation period because of the rain in Queensland. Um, uh, but in terms of the bowling, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one. England get very very excited about the pink ball. They do it every time, but actually their record uh, in they've, they've played three pink ball tests away from home. Um, you guys will never forget the one at Eden Park when uh, when they were bowled out for. I'm trying to. Well, I remember they were 29 for eight. Well, 29 for nine. So, and that and that was in broad daylight. So, um, and they, they got pumped yeah. in Adelaide in 2017 too. They got beaten by 120 runs, albeit that Anderson got a five for five for 43. That's right. And 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 he did get the he did get the pink ball moving under lights. As I say, England England get very excited about the pink ball, um, but they sort of thus far haven't really delivered with it. Earlier this year, we had a pink ball test in our Medabad. England picked uh, three seamers. They got very excited about the way the ball was moving through the air in the nets. They picked three seamers and Joe Root ended up taking five for eight with his little off breaks and uh, it was a two-day test and England got absolutely marmalised in that one. So their history isn't great with the pink ball. Jimmy Anderson, I think he well, he, he has to come back in yeah. essentially. Um, you know, if, if, you, if you've held him back, which they did do as a kind of slightly precautionary measure because of a limited build-up and the fact the guy's 39, it probably takes a little bit longer for the, the joints to get moving and what have you at that age, although I'm a year older so I probably shouldn't, uh, <laughs> yeah. I should claim that that's quite young. But um, Glass houses. But you, <laughs> exactly. But you should, um, uh, yeah, he's, he's as, and he's as fit as a flea to be fair, but he is, you know, they, they did want to be cautious. In the, the 2019 Ashes, Jimmy broke down after after just four overs on the first morning and England ended up playing the first test with only 10 men for the rest of the match. So I understand their caution, but really now having primed him for this match, he has to come back in. The question is for who really? Um, Jack Leach, uh, that, you know, the, he got, I think that was probably, he was, it was the fastest gallon of uh, a bowler's conceded in an Ashes test match, which is 100 runs and he did it in about 73 balls. So um, as much as Travis Head thought he got the fastest century in that match, it was actually Jack Leach with the ball. So uh, <laughs> that is so whether, that is that is so English to give give that that one <laughs> just a quick back slapper, hey? Yeah, I know, I know. But but essentially, whether he can continue or whether he's already been hit out of the series, I don't know. So it could be that Jimmy comes back in for Jack Leach. Uh, that would lead to an all all seam attack. Now you're looking at Stuart Broad in that scenario. How does he come back in? Well, this is a problem for England because uh, Ollie Robinson was their standout bowler. Uh, Mark Wood bowled with considerable pace for the entire 25 overs that he sent down. I think he was he was. I know you guys deal in kilometres, but we we deal yeah. in old money, and yeah, it, yeah. he was he was consistently above 90 miles an hour and, and was a, a clear physical threat. And he got the key wicket of Steve Smith. Now, he, if he's able to back up, you'd want to unleash him with a pink ball under lights. Then it comes down to Chris Wokes, really. I suppose if, if anyone's going to make way for Stuart Broad, but Chris Wokes is pretty much the only qualified number eight in the whole uh, in the whole squad. And where he picks Stuart Broad in place of Chris Wokes, then really you'd be looking at. Extremely thin tail. I mean, it would be um, it would it would probably be a case of sort of seven out all out in that scenario. So England have got a real headache there because it is the batting that's failed. And as much as the lower order shouldn't be there to bail them out at top, you do want lower order runs. But the his- England's history in Australia essentially is that the tails struggle with the short ball. Um, we saw Ollie Robinson struggle against the short ball. We um, Chris Wokes he did manage to you know get a, I think it was about tw- 21 in the first innings and 16 in the second. And they're not match changing kind of interventions, but really you do need some runs from the lower order and that. That is going to vex them, um, and I—I I, I mean, I wouldn't. I, it's a bit early to call because we've got two days of training, and, and thankfully, for the first time on tour, I'm going to be able to get to nets today, and you know, maybe try and uh, collar a few people and, and see which way they're leaning with the team selection. But um, what would you? What would you do, Ali? Ali, what would you do? What would you do? Sorry to jump in there, but what would you do? Would you would you put both seamers in and, and sacrifice someone because you've dropped the first test and you need to get back into the series? Well, I, I, I suspect they'll probably end up. Yeah, I, I mean, what, what would I do? I would probably. Oh, this is uh, this is a really tough one 
one because I do I do worry about that tail if, if Stuart Broad plays. But maybe, maybe you just have to throw caution to the wind and say, look, batsman, you have to score the runs. Bowlers, you're there to take the wickets uh, <laughs> exactly. and try and get through it. I think England's best chance is probably a sort of a low-scoring dogfight that they that they emerge on top of. Um, yeah, because it's it's it could be it could be a fast and furious game as well. It's an interesting thing you say about low-scoring dogfight because Test cricket has changed so much, and I and I, I I'm going to use the word blame. I put the blame on the IPL and T20 cricket, whereas you don't sort of see. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. You are the wiser one here. You don't see <laughs> you don't see dogfights in Test anymore. It's either uh, low innings, big innings, uh, bang 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 bang. She's all over, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, is he gone? Is he gone on us? Where's he gone? Just uh, technical problems here at the moment on SCNZ. Just one moment, caller. Just a reminder where we're waiting to get Ali back. Uh, 0800 That's 0800 uh, Get on the blow now, actually, while we're having a chat to Ali. We'll take a call uh, before 11.30 if you want to win that Joseph Parker, Derek Chisora uh, fight pass. 